Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good evening. Good morning. Here we are. We're real people. (laughs) So nice to see you. I know. It's so good. It is kind of weird recording with our video because I'm like, normally I would be just like in my baggy jumper with my like blanket, (laughs) which we'll probably end up doing one day anyway. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm usually in this like UV face mask thing and I'm like, yeah, can't do that now that we've got video on for sure. Maybe one day we'll have like, you know, the like self-care episode. So like I can put a face mask on and... (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. But how are you? Uh, happy. Um, what have we got today? Happy full moon. Virgo. Mixed feelings about that. But how was, your, how was your new moon in Aquarius? It was good. It was really good. I love me some Aquarius energy. And um, I don't have any Aquarius placements on my chart. Um, but. I love, I love the Aquarius vibe and yeah, I think we've been really leaning into it. So I've really been enjoying that for sure, for sure. Um, So ready to tackle Virgo and Pisces energy. Mm. Different energies, very different. I'm looking forward to that as much, but I do love my Virgo and Pisces people, but Virgo and Pisces energy is just like not really my vibe, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely. I need more Virgo in my life because <laughs> I feel like Virgo like just has their shit together. I love working with Virgos. Right? And they're just so efficient and they just have all their I's dotted and their T's crossed. And I'm like the one that puts the little love hearts instead on the top of my eyes. You <laughs> know what I mean? And I just, I, I'm excited for... I probably need a bit more Virgo energy in my life. <laughs> Me yeah. too, probably. But the the attention to detail is just so against my grain. Like I'm so much more of a big, big picture person and I get really stuck on the little details and I get so frustrated with that. So I'm going to try and overcome that then release that this new moon, this new moon, full moon, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, perfect time to release. Hmm. Um, yeah, I... I didn't feel like I had anything like, 
like associated to the new moon in Aquarius. I don't know. I do have to say, and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, um, just lots of different things that are happening in life and around us. And just even looking at like other people um, and challenges that people are being faced with right now. I feel like there's a lot of this because Chiron and the North Node are closing in to being on the exact same degree. And so we're going through this conjunction right now. And so I think we, you know, we spoke about it in the last episode or the one prior to that. And um, I think a lot of wounds are being, either some salt is being thrown in there or it's like, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of challenges coming up for a lot of people mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of things to heal are coming up. That's very much been like the, the energy that's, that I've seen within myself and just things that have come up in my personal life. And then also like around us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've seen that too. And, um, Bitcoin is just not stopping. Bitcoin is healing just, a lot of mm, Bitcoin is Bitcoin, just gunning for it. Yeah, as we're here, so today we're recording on the 20th of February prior to the full moon. Um, and it has just gone and created a new high. So on the 15th of Feb, we had a high of 52,700 approximately, 682. Mm -hmm. And now we've gone ahead and hit 52,850. So we've broken above that high as well. We're coming to closer territories of, uh, you know, the, the all-time high. I mean, it does make me, I'm not going to lie, it does make me feel very uncomfortable to be heading for all-time highs before the halving because that is different for this cycle. But um this cycle is different you know and we're going to talk a lot about this in this episode because we really need to know the bitcoin cycles and how bitcoin moves within those cycles um i think that's really really important for anyone involved in bitcoin and um so we're definitely going to look at that today um but yeah it it does make me feel a bit uncomfortable i really would have liked a, another pullback especially to sort of get some entries for some alts I'm not gonna lie um because I just I'm a trader so I just cannot buy the green like it just goes against everything in my being to um buy some of these charts that look like that and um but we'll talk about this we're moving into this full moon in Virgo even though Bitcoin is traditionally not in love with Virgo um, I see a lot of other positive things around it. And um, so, yeah, as we discussed before we got on the call, I think we will see a pullback at some point. What that pullback will look like, we don't know. Um, but I'm thinking I, I've got my eye more on that new moon coming up um, and maybe dumping into those eclipses and Mercury retrograde that we've got coming up. So um, we'll talk more about that probably in the next episode, but getting into this full moon in Virgo in Bitcoin's second house, so the house of money, trade, and interest rates, um, Virgo is an earth sign really known for its meticulous attention to detail, 
focus on health and daily routines and a real strong sense of duty. Um, so the influence of this full moon in Virgo really extends to those areas that are governed by Virgo, emphasizing the analysis, purification, and efficiency. Um, and in the financial markets, in financial astrology, it suggests a period where markets may experience a heightened focus on the fundamentals, data-driven decision-making, and the health of economies and corporations. Um, so I think that's really interesting. There is something to look out for here in terms of Virgo's purifying influence can also manifest as a, a, a slight correction um, where maybe overvalued assets are brought back in line with their intrinsic value. So it's not necessarily negative. It's um, It just represents like a return to practicality and fundamentals. So some of these altcoins that have just done insane runs um you might see a correction in those i think um maybe coming into this new moon this full moon i keep saying new moon keep coming into it maybe coming into this full moon over the next couple of days and um yeah so we so we might see that we might see a little bit of a pullback although it doesn't look like like bitcoin stopping so um <laughs> really, the, the new moon is a period of time for intentions and dreams and communicating our desires to the universe. And really, with the full moon, it's like the call to action to the, the actions that we need to put in place to make those manifestations come into being. And um, so that's really what we're looking at with, with um, full moon energy is so looking back at those intentions that you looked at two weeks ago. Um, that you dreamt two weeks ago and now it's really time to assess like what do I need to do to put those into action what are the steps that I need to take it's a really good quote on Instagram this week and it said something like um pray like it's all in God's hands but work like it's all down to you so that's really like the dance with the universe um and the dance with God in co-creating so it's a really great time with a rich energy and it's ideal for directing your uh, your efforts towards realizing those intentions and manifestations that you were looking at um, at the new moon. Um, post the new moon, this period between the new moon and the full moon is generally when the obstacles and the blocks to your manifestation will kind of pop up. So those like limiting beliefs or negativity or um, actual like physical blocks to things happening, those are gen this is generally the time that they will come up. And so the full moon is the time to like address those. Um, and it often, you know, like success in anything often involves internal adjustments, particularly aligning our energy to universal frequencies so it's like these it's more about the internal adjustments that you need to make to see um the external manifest mm -hmm. so it's really a phase for recommitting to personal goals to emphasizing patience compassion and dedication and um opportunity when op taking the opportunity when they arise to like heal any blockages and integrate new energies and really again as I say, every full moon, let go of things that are not serving us and not serving our intentions that we set at the new moon and not serving our highest potential. Um, 
So that with the Virgo full moon, there really is like this healing focus. And it's really a phase that's dedicated to embracing our vulnerabilities and extending love and compassion towards ourselves. So Virgo is about embodying, it's a moment to embody the divine feminine, bringing forth the gift of healing and urging us to address unprocessed emotions. Um, it's a, it's really also a time to be embracing imperfection. So acknowledging that perfection is not a prerequisite for love or success and um, just release the pressure of making flawless decisions and attempting, um, you know, accepting life's imperfections. Like that's where we're at. And this is such a huge lesson for me because I'm like, really OCD on on those kind of things and just like accepting like not everything needs to be perfect I I said this to a friend the other day I'm really in my era of done is better than perfect and um that's kind of like the message of of this full moon as well so um yeah so it's really leaning into this kind of um you know looking at this self-forgiveness side you know like this the shadow side of virgo is really perfectionism and um so we don't want to align to that we want to align out of that and you know into a place of self-forgiveness and self-acceptance so letting go of being the need to be perfect um to open ourselves to growth and the ability to contribute our unique talents um virgo really teaches us self-love and acceptance um are the keys to realizing and sharing our gifts so yeah so letting go of that there is so much within that <laughs> uh, can I just say that one of the big things that like came up in my mind when you were saying that is like all right like the FOMO right now mm -hmm. because let's talk about it you know I feel like it is pre-Bitcoin halving and we're already almost at all-time highs. And we are going to go in and look at the cycles, but a lot of us, no matter how long you've been in crypto, is like, you know, we're like, I haven't stacked enough sats yet. Like, wait, pull back, pull back. Like, don't, you know? And so it's just, um, it's, it's interesting that, yeah, it's just a, it's a time to let go, know that, you've done well regardless and it's it's you are where it is that you're meant to be right now and that's okay there's always going to be more opportunities and you know we spoke about this in one of the other episodes when in doubt zoom out like you know if we're really looking at hey we're expecting there to be 100k bitcoin a 500k bitcoin then it's okay like we're still we've we've still got plenty of opportunity I do feel like the gap is closing yeah. um maybe Virgo energy and I'm like mm, it's there but <laughs> but we're still doing okay like we're still we're still here we're still present we're still in it and learning and doing um and so I find that really interesting yeah and also Sorry. yeah go ahead no I I also was thinking that when I was putting this together in regards to, you know, looking at my portfolio and I'm definitely not fully deployed in alts yet. You know, I really, I really am not. There's still a few that are really on my list and others that I, you know, would like more of. 
Um, but yeah. it's like letting go of that perfectionism and go, okay, well, this is what it is, you know, because like I said, I cannot buy a giant green candle. Um, I just, I just, I just can't. And so if that means I miss out on that coin, then so be it. It's run without me. It's okay. I don't need to have the perfect portfolio with everything that I want. And I think it's letting go of that as well. I think I, I feel like in crypto and especially now when there's just so many altcoins, there are so many promising projects too you know it's not like you're even chasing memes or uh there there's literally so many incredible projects yeah that have potential and we really are in that just stage in that era of there's and i always think about okay really zoom out in 2026 who's actually still going to be here which projects are actually still going to last in 2030 which projects are actually still going to be here we just don't know. And there's so many of them. And where, you know, I'd love to meet somebody that has actually gotten into all the projects that they wanted to get into. Like there's just, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't, I don't believe that perfectionism exists. And so I'm very much in the same boat of the, oh, I wish I'd like gotten more of that altcoin and that altcoin. And it's just like, hey, you know what? I can't be in all of them. I've chosen the ones that were my primary focus and that's okay that's my primary focus ones and yeah we ride the waves with what it is that we that we got right totally um, and I think we will get some opportunities as well to to um pick them up but I think Sometimes when you're looking at it as well, like if it if it continues to run up higher than like a retracement down to the 618 levels and things like that, 50%, 618s, even the 382s, that's where we're at right now. So, you know, it's it's always like how far can they actually pull back? But anyway, I think it's important to have a process, stick to the plan um, and, you know, and not be tempted to FOMO into these things. Like, let it be. If you miss some, you miss some, it's fine. And um, I don't know how you view trading the altcoins. Like personally for me, Bitcoin is the only thing that I want to hold through a bear market. Like I, I don't personally sell Bitcoin at the top of the market. I um, I mean, I do hedge those positions. Um, so it, it is a little different than just blindly hodling, but um. Uh, the reason I don't do that is because I think there is going to be a supply shock with Bitcoin at some point. I do think that we are, and I think it's coming closer than we think it is coming. Um, and there will be a time when it is hard to buy actual Bitcoin on an exchange um, that you can self-custody. So that's the reason I don't I don't sell my Bitcoin, but nothing else fits that criteria for me. I mean, I do, um, I don't think Ethereum's going anywhere personally. Um but I don't. It it doesn't have that that same supply shock factor. So I'm quite happy to sell it. Um, you know, on the way up, personally. And I also see the altcoins. Even though I do absolutely believe in the space, I believe in crypto. I believe it's the future. I believe we're building infrastructure for the future. I kind of see them all as a trade like you know just on different time frames and 
you know, a lot of the ones that I'm I'm buying now, the sort of mid to lower cap altcoins, they're they're a cycle trade. It's not like I'm going to sell them in a day, but um, I do see them as a trade. They're literally to harvest U.S. dollars. We go through another bear market, and then I reassess and see what I want to buy again. Whereas I hear a lot of other people sort of going, oh, this could be like buying Amazon shares at $20. And I'm like, you know, there's so many tokens, so many coins. The likelihood of you picking that and holding that for the next 20 years and it turning into Amazon is so slim. So I do want to impress upon our Bitcoin Zodiac listeners and viewers now um, that, you know what, take your money while it's on the table and you will always get an opportunity to buy some other projects. And um, yeah, that's just how I view the market. Other people may be different, um, but that's kind of like how I look at things. Yeah. And I think we're very similar in that. Um, you know, I just, I, I constantly say that I believe the biggest illusion that we have is that we continue to compare Bitcoin to the US dollar. Like for me, one Bitcoin is always going to be equivalent to one Bitcoin. That's it. One sat is always going to be equivalent to one sat. Like that's what it is. And if we continue to think about in terms of US dollars, then that's where we do create this illusion of, oh no, but I can like make these bigger gains in X outcoin, whichever outcoin it is, right? Whereas when I look at Bitcoin, I'm like, well, no, actually, like I'm I'm just looking at how much am I storing my energy into this asset um, that isn't going to fluctuate like the US dollar is going to fluctuate. Like I, I, I've created this mindset shift of I actually feel more stable in Bitcoin than I do in the US dollar. Um, so, you know, when we talk about having a safe haven, when you're creating your portfolio, for some people, the safe haven may be USDT, it may be USDC or some sort of other stable coin. Well, I actually like to look at Bitcoin as my main safe haven. So it's even starting to shift up our viewing the charts or viewing altcoins, not so much like let's use DOT as an example, like DOT USD well, why aren't we actually starting to look more at like .BTC and yeah. trading um, it within that way, right? So when we, once again, zoom out and really look at the bigger picture, do we genuinely believe that our current financial system is crumbling, that the US dollar and all other fiats are just not sustainable anymore? I mean, when we really look at it, we're all just a bunch of little kids just trying things out and seeing like, hey, is this system going to work? Well, we've tried it for almost 200 years, kind of not working. So now let's try something new. Like, So if it's really time for us to shift into something new um, and we believe that this is it. I mean, Claire and I even spoke about this and I remember we were first thinking about do we call this the Bitcoin Zodiac? But what happens if Bitcoin doesn't become the next like world reserve currency? Well, at this moment in 2024 or 2023, when we first started this, it was Bitcoin. It is Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin might not be it. Never say never. Um, but it still is the first one that worked. And, and it's doing okay. If you, again, when I zoom out, cycle on cycle, it's maintaining its purchasing power. And I think it's really interesting that it's, um, 
you know, it's very quietly like repricing all assets. And a lot of people aren't noticing that it's doing that. You know, a lot of people are very focused on, oh, wow, look at its price in US dollars. And they don't actually kind of like look back and um, and see how it's kind of repricing everything. So um, if you want to understand that statement a little bit more, then just type into YouTube Jeff Booth and um, he will explain that to you because it's actually really, really fascinating and really exciting. And um, I agree with you. I mean, we are going to talk about the cycles later in the episode, but there, there is an interesting, you know, in the four-year Bitcoin or crypto cycle, the focus is always on these um, altcoins that just go to the moon and like do these crazy gains. But in reality, there's only really a period out of those four years, like a year, year and a half, that it's actually even worth holding any of these altcoins over Bitcoin. None of them are outperforming Bitcoin for the rest of that time. And so that's also a really good way to kind of like fight that FOMO is that you can look at the altcoin Instead of looking at the altcoin versus USD, look at the altcoin versus Bitcoin and see if it's actually broken out and is perform performing better than Bitcoin. And maybe that's when that's like a, an indication for you to get into that coin. So that's also a really um, good way of looking at it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Shall I? Um... Shall I open up my chart and we can have a quick look at astrologically what we had happened and what's uh what's coming up just with this Virgo full moon so you guys finally get to see it yeah I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> all right and maybe Claire you can confirm for me that you can see my trading view yeah amazing so here we are so this is an astrological chart there is no, so if you're a regular trader, you probably look at this and you're like, what are all these lines? But just to, to familiarize you guys with it, this is an astrological chart. And I always just have marked up psychological levels, as well as every time that we have a new moon or a full moon, the signs that we're in. And then uh, Claire and I's charts get a little scary when we show you guys a lot because we have all the different planets, what's going on, all these different dates, but we're just going to keep it simple for you all. <laughs> um, so it was really cool to see that from that full moon in Leo. Um, and I remember in the episode, we were like, this is a really great time to actually buy. We had I think it was the the full moon was trying the natal moon of Bitcoin, great time to buy. And we've just seen Bitcoin continue to the upside ever since. New moon in Aquarius. I mean, we did say that the astrology was looking really good, but I didn't expect it to continue so well. Um, it's just continued moving to the upside, you know, and um, it was great because we did say, hey, 50K is very much on the books. And it hit that and went beyond. Um, and now we are headed towards this full moon in Virgo. Okay. And the full moon in Virgo, we're going to dive into some of the astrology. Now, as you can see, just from this arrow, which I had drawn up a while ago before, you know, it actually went above and beyond. Um, but I did feel like there would be a bit of a pullback. 
I feel like there will continue to be some choppiness as we approach the full moon in Virgo. Mm -hmm. As Claire mentioned before, and I'll reiterate, every time that we have had, not every time, majority of the times that the moon has been in Virgo, in particular when it's a full moon, it's literally the most unfavorable uh, sign that the moon is in for Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin doesn't like the moon being in Virgo. And we've just seen that happen time and time again. However, when we look at the astrology for this full moon, it's just looking really good. It's really looking good. I do remember, and I was talking to a mentor of mine in crypto, um, last time we had Pluto shift into Aquarius, which I believe was around the start of 2023. We had a really small window in 2023 that we saw Pluto shift into Aquarius and then it came back into Capricorn. And I remember talking to him during that time and I was like, full moon in Virgo is coming up. But when I look at the technicals, like we're just continuing to move to the upside. And I just, it just reminded me of what's happening again. And so I'm wondering if maybe the the moon in Virgo becomes a bit more favorable to Bitcoin when Pluto is in Aquarius. So that was just a thought that came back to me um, because the astrology does look really good. Um, and then we do have the full moon from the 24th of February. Um, and what we would normally have is that we would head to the upside, continuing towards the 10th of March with the new moon in Pisces. But what I want to do is I'm going to stop sharing this and jump on over to the astrology um, so that we can look at it. So this right here is the um, the astrological or it's the transit chart for Bitcoin. So in the middle, we have the natal Bitcoin placements uh, from the moment of birth when Bitcoin had its first transaction on the 3rd of January in 2009. And on the outside, we have the astrology or the, the planetary placements for that full moon in Virgo, exact 100% full moon, right? So I have a few different... Um, a few different things that I have looking uh, that I'm looking at in particular in this. So as Claire mentioned, we are having this full moon occurring in the second house, and that is the um, the house of money, trade, economy, and interest rates. What's interesting here is that we have the moon trine the natal Mars of Bitcoin. And this is a very impulsive move. It's very also like a passionate move. And I really see that as a positive impact. And by the passion, I really think of like the people that are uh, in Bitcoin right now. There is a lot of passion. We can feel it, you know, especially the Bitcoiners. They're like, yes, we told you, no 8K Bitcoin. So there's a lot of that energy going around. Um, we also have the sun sextile, the natal Mars. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I wanted to say. The the sun, the sun also, oh no, I did want to say it's, that. The sun is, yeah. sextile, the natal Mars. And that's like the additional positive energy. And that can actually represent quite a big move, which is super interesting. Take notes of that. Um, then we have continuing to look at Mars. So Mars then is conjunct the natal, 
um, north node and it's also in opposition to the natal south node, which we see on the other side, right? And these uh, I see as all about growth and heading towards a karmic destiny. It's literally like time that Bitcoin is, this is the time that Bitcoin is heading towards its sole purpose per se. And with Mars being specifically very involved in these aspects is telling us and preparing us for like a big dynamic shift. Mm. I feel like you were about to say something there. No, I no. agree with you. It's like this, it's this like push energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, very much. Then we also have, um, where's our Mercury? We've got Mercury, which is conjunct the natal Venus. We love looking at Venus because it is the planet, not just of love, but also of money. And this is another positive aspect because it's literally like, this attraction that people want to buy Bitcoin during this time. And, you know, um, we saw, we or we are seeing very small pullbacks right now, which maybe people are taking advantage of. Um, and people are just really attracted to it. Attracted is really the word that comes to me during this. Then touching on the transit Venus, so even here, we have v Venus that is also uh, conjunct the North Node and opposition to the South Node. And this is in relationship to its values, possessions, finances, but specifically focused on developments and lessons around financial matters. So on one hand, it could be very much, and this is also really great for us as investors, to look at like, okay, let me reassess my financial decisions, my financial habits, where is it that I'm at right now? You know, this could be a time that some of you start taking some profits, if you have profits and you feel called to that. Um, but it's also about learning about your past decisions. So a really great time to look back and think, okay, what have been some of the lessons that I've learned through this? Um, and along with, although a full moon, we don't really like to use for manifesting because it's more so the releasing and letting go. Um, specifically to Bitcoin, this could be a really great time to actually, because of this transit, kind of set that maybe in your intentions of attracting or manifesting this prosperity and more opportunities to come for Bitcoin. So there's a lot more transit that we could look at here, but honestly, those are the primary ones that I um, had looked at and that really stood out to me. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm really surprised because it's just looking really, really good. The only thing that I, I just am keeping my eye on, which I touched on at the very start of the episode, and this isn't specific to Bitcoin, it is more so for, for everybody, um, is that we have Chiron conjunct the North Node. Um, so this is very much, you know, things that we need to heal. And I will use the word need, even though I don't like using that word. I feel like here it's like, okay, like your North Node is literally like your path, your destiny, that soul's purpose that we were talking about with Bitcoin. And Chiron is here to present like the, hey, we've, we've got to heal this. We've got to work through this to continue onwards. Um, and I will just point out, it is on Bitcoin's Midhaven, 
So that's interesting um, because that's that's like your your career. It's, you know, when we even look at our own personal charts, your midhaven is literally like career, where you're headed to in terms of that aspect of your life. And I wonder, you know, this is a slow transit. We've still got a couple of weeks to go um, in this energy. So maybe that healing or whatever it needs to work through is is coming up soon when we have some of those other future aspects, which we'll talk, I'm sure, about next episode. Because uh, we were saying before, this is like kind of, you could say this is a little bit of a calm before the storm feeling. Um, yeah. But in regards to the full moon, yeah, let's go Bitcoin. Doing a great job. I think we will, as per, you, you know, we will create that local bottom. I don't see us like um really doing anything very dramatic in the downward direction, to be honest. Um, just to dig a little bit deeper in the sun's textile, um, Bitcoin's natal Mars in Pisces in the eighth house, so waste, death, rebirth, and resources. So the sun really symbolizes vitality and ego and like the core essence. Um and so its position and aspects can really indicate areas of life where there can be activity, focus, and growth. So in financial astrology, the sun highlights the areas of potential growth, investment focus, and where attention is being directed in the market. And then you have this Mars energy, which brings this like drive, ambition, and action. And so this placement in Pisces um, really brings in these qualities with you know, this Piscean characteristics of like intuition, adaptability, and connection to the collective unconscious. And so you have Mars in Pisces, which can indicate actions driven by intuition and aligned with the broader trends and undercurrents rather than like this aggressive direct, you know, direct action. So um, mm -hmm. I don't know if we've ever discussed this on our podcast, but a sextile is actually like quite a harmonious aspect. And it basically occurs when two planets are approximately 60 degrees apart. And it really promotes a flow and ease between the energies of the planets involved. Um, so it really facilitates this like productive and cooperative interaction with those energies. And so the sun sextile Bitcoin's natal Mars in Pisces really suggests a period where intuitive actions regarding Bitcoin are favored. So going with that gut instinct. So um, you might find your gut feelings and intuition about the market more reliable than usual. And, um, you know, that may lead you to interesting opportunities and good decision making. I think that's sounding very promising. And yeah, I do. I do agree. I, and that's why I did show like a little bit of a sidewards arrow moving a little bit down towards the full moon so I do believe in that local bottom yeah but but nothing significant at all we might not even like really feel it um I also like that you you just pointed out the the transits hmm. we may have spoken about them in other episodes but I thought to just pull up a little picture and really quickly show you guys, because we have so much to cover in this episode. Um, 
just trying to see a little picture here. This one might be okay. Let me save the image so I can open it up for you guys, because I think it's important to, I, I know we always talk about lots of different words, but just to help you guys with our terminology, here it is, I'll share my screen. Thank you internet for rapid image making for us. <laughs> um, here it is, okay, so this is just a little image um to show to show you these are the the simple aspects and the ones that we refer to majority of the time so claire just mentioned like a sex doll that is a it tends to be a more harmonious aspect tends to be more favorable and that's when two planets are 60 degrees apart from another trine also tends to be a more harmonious aspect which is 120 degrees from each other um, and then we have square, which is 90 degrees from each other. And that tends to be a bit more of a challenge. This is the ones that we kind of look out for. And we're like, hmm, there could be like some unfavorable energies or tendencies occurring here or just challenges that, hey, if you overcome it, awesome. If you don't, could not be so fun. And opposition is also another more challenging aspect. And that's 180 degrees from one another. And last, when we talk about having a conjunction, that's when the two planets are at the same degrees um, or very, very close in the in degrees. Um, and that really depends whether those planets and the signs, whether they're harmonious with each other or not. So that's a bit more of like a neutral one um, because it just depends on, um, on what we've got going on there. Okay. So that's 101 crash course on transits, everyone. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So should we get into yeah. the Bitcoin halving and what that means and also the cycles? So I want to just start with sharing an image basically of the, the Wall Street cheat sheet. We're going to go straight, but really back to basics today. And because even though at this point in Bitcoin's life cycle, I don't believe that there is a bad time to buy Bitcoin, but there definitely is better times to buy Bitcoin and certainly better times to buy altcoins. And so even now I've had people messaging me saying, Claire, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? And my answer is no, but it really depends what you're buying it for. So of course, um, can you see that the Wall Street cheat sheet on my screen? Okay, fantastic. So basically this is just an adaptation of a market cycle and how the cycle of um, it's basically like our emotions played out um on in the charts and basically all all cycles follow follow this cycle and this structure and bitcoin is no different and when i say that there are better times to buy bitcoin you want to be buying it down here and you you don't really want to be buying it up here at euphoria and um because you want to get the most bang for your buck now as we we've, we've said before if you've been listening to our podcast you know that we are believers in the big picture in bitcoin um we believe in the return to hard sound money and um we believe in the value of holding being able to hold an asset with your own private keys outside of the system of central banking but if you are someone who is just wanting to come into Bitcoin and capitalize on the upside of Bitcoin um, for this cycle, then you do really need to be able to understand how to time that. 
And um, we are getting to the point where we are very close to all-time highs. And so um, the thing with that is, although we do believe that Bitcoin will expand as it has done in past cycles, and the modeling is very similar to past cycles, slightly different, but similar, we expect expansion. The reason if you're only trading that cycle is that you're getting into a space where you can't really calculate your risk to reward. So you're getting outside of those parameters of risk um, on whether it's a worthwhile trade. You can't really calculate that because we once we break all-time highs, we'll again be going into price discovery and you just have no way of knowing when the top is. And so I do recommend that if you are someone that is wanting to just capitalize on the upside of Bitcoin or crypto, you do need to have some extra tools in your toolkit to be able to look at some signs of when the the top is close or when you want to be starting to exit those trades. Um, the other image that I do want to show you guys is the Bitcoin halving cycles um, to show you where we how other cycles have played out. Now, I will say that this cycle is different. Um, we do have much bigger players in the market. We do have much more sophisticated and ruthless, quite frankly, market makers in the market, and they make money by taking yours. So you need to be you need to be able to play it a little bit um, smarter. And I think that this cycle, although I obviously expect that we will see this big expansion, probably larger expansion than we've ever seen before, um, there you do need to be able to know how to, to how to play that and not FOMO into retail because literally market makers' entire existence depends on enticing you into a trade and then you know it's taking out those areas of liquidity. That's how they make their money. So. Um, being very aware of who is taking the other side of your trade is pretty important. But looking at these previous cycles with Bitcoin from the halving, which I will go into detail on what that actually is. So from this halving in 2012, we generally see an expansive bull run after the halving. And then when we top out, we go into a bear run, a bear, run, a bear market um, for a period of a, about a year. And then we go into this period of sideways, boring sideways chop um, again for about a year. And um, that's that period of consolidation. And then again, we come into the halving. We have that expansion. We come down into the bear market, have this period of consolidation. And then, then again, as we can see in 2020, we had, this is a little bit of an anomaly with the COVID. I don't think we can really count that as being particularly normal to have the entire world shut down. Um, so that that big drop down before the halving we had there. And then again, we had a massive expansion. We all know what happened in 2020 and 2021. So um, we do expect a similar cycle to sort of play out again. We have been, as if you've been listening to our podcast, we have been saying 2023 was the year of accumulation both the year of accumulation in the markets and also a time for us to accumulate. And so it's really been that sideways action. When the bottom is in, you're pretty confident that the bottom is in. And then we've had that um, 
you know, sideways action. And so we do expect after the halving for a period, a lovely bull run um, and some nice expansion for Bitcoin and crypto. Um, but this this cycle is a little different because we are approximately two months away from the halving and we're already really, really close to all time highs. So let's see what happens during um, the next new moon and then into eclipse season and Mercury retrograde. And that should, that then takes us into the, the halving as well, when there's a lot of stuff happening astrologically as well to look at. So we'll definitely go into more detail on that um, in some future episodes. But that's really just giving you an overview of an idea of the, the four-year cycles of Bitcoin and what they look like. So what the Bitcoin halving actually is, and the Bitcoin halving cycle, it's a fundamental feature built into the Bitcoin protocol to control the creation of new Bitcoin and combat inflation over time. So approximately every four years, or more accurately, after 210,000 blocks have been mined, the reward that the miners receive for adding the new block to the Bitcoin blockchain is halved. So this mechanism effectively reduces the rate at which new Bitcoin are generated and introduced into circulation. So the halving event has significant implications for the Bitcoin market, primarily affecting supply and demand dynamics, minor profitability and market sentiment. So on the supply side, the halving reduces the pace at which new Bitcoin are created and enter the market. This reduction in supply with demand, hopefully or potentially remaining the same um, and remaining constant or, or increasing can lead to a price increase due to the basic economic principle of supply and demand. There also then is the factor of anticipation. Like we've been watching these halving cycles play out. So we're all anticipating this um, expansion for Bitcoin. Um, due to um, a reduction in, in the supply, uh, potentially the reduction in the supply, not actually a reduction in the supply, but a reduction in the rate that more, that new Bitcoin are mined. And um, so the market often anticipates this halving event and sometimes leads to price increase increases before the actual halving event as investors just FOMO in at the expectation of future price rises. Um, then we also have the minor profitability. So we have both immediate impact and long-term adjustment. So the, the halving instantly cuts miners' revenue in Bitcoin terms for each block that they mine. So it cuts that in half. So this can impact miners with higher operational costs, potentially leading to a temporary decrease in mining activity if the price of Bitcoin does not increase in proportion to, their, um, to the halving. And, um, and in proportion to their operational, being able to cover their operational costs. So um, over time though, the reduction in supply can lead to, the pr to price increases if the demand remains steady or grows, which we obviously predict it to do, potentially restoring or even enhancing minor profitability through higher Bitcoin values. So um, we also have impacts on the network security and hash rate. And so the short-term impact for that is the reduced block reward can lead to a temporary drop in the hash rate if less efficient miners cannot cover their operational costs 
and then exit the network. Um, and then we also have long-term security that, you know, as the price adjusts and the mining technology becomes more efficient, the hash rate typically recovers um, maintaining the network security. And um, of course, we have market sentiment and speculation. So it really brings on this bullish sentiment as we draw closer to the halving. And they, the halving events tend to generate bullish market sentiment as traders and investors speculate on price increases due to the expected reduction in the new Bitcoin supply. So the market has historically, as we've seen in the previous charts, um, seen really significant price runs leading up to and following the halving events, um, driven by speculation, investor sentiment, and also the media tends to jump on board at that time as well once we start breaking all-time highs. Um, they're against us generally for the rest of the cycle, but when we break yeah. all-time highs, suddenly CNBC is like, go Bitcoin. <laughs> but... Um, and so when we look at the past um, the past cycles and looking back at previous halving events of 2012, 2016, and um, 2020, each has been followed by a significant bull run in the months and years after the halving. So while past performance is not, it's not always the same. It doesn't always look the same. And, you know, 2012, versus 2024 is is very different bitcoin is a very different asset in terms of risk profile as well and so we we are seeing diminishing returns um in in terms of that but um we do expect um for these patterns to contribute to this narrative um of expecting price to increase post halving so um, the Bitcoin cycle really plays a critical role in crypto in Bitcoin's economic model by methodically reducing the supply of new Bitcoin entering the market. It really is a very key feature of the way that Bitcoin works and really differentiates it from most other cryptocurrencies. And the event has historically been associated with increased prices and heightened market activity. Um, Although it does have those challenges to minor profitability and um, does necessitate adjustments within the mining industry. But we are further along in these cycles now. And so I think a lot of the big major miners have already accounted for this um, and are pretty on top of it. So with all the market phenomena um the exact impact of the halving can vary and whether we get a, a dump in price before the halving or after the halving, um, we don't know. It's it's kind of mixed, um, but it's, yeah, it's really influenced. These, these this cycle narrative um, has been playing out and that's partly because of the actual halving event itself, but also because of the narrative that surrounds it. So it's like a, sort of self-perpetuating um phenomena i think and so yeah we can see a lot of a lot of things um moving forward but i think it was just really important to touch on these cycles um and to you know how we want our viewers to to really understand these cycles and um make sure that you are also buying at the right time like as i said we are in this um 
period. I'm just going to bring that up the the Wall Street cheat sheet again. So important. Because, yeah, it is really important because we don't we want you all getting in at the right time as well. And um, right. as I said, if you are just wanting to tap into that Bitcoin um, price increase and you're not really interested in the, the fundamentals of Bitcoin, um, you know, you we are getting to that point where it is much more risky. And, you know, when you when you buy people, if you're buying at the top, you honestly there are many other assets that were you were better off buying like you you're better off buying a Birkin to be honest that if you were buying at the top of the last cycle and um then you know better off buying a Birkin than a Bitcoin because it actually maintained its value more than um Bitcoin did because we do know as per the cycles we we do have these um these larger pullbacks now with these bigger players in the market um, we do maybe expect for price to stabilize a little bit. They probably will stabilize the price a bit. Um, but still, we we do want to prepare ourselves for, for the bear market and make sure we're either exiting our trades at the right time or we're really hedging them properly and making sure also in a position to capitalize on the downside as well as the up. So, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the cycles. Do you have anything to add, Corinne? Yeah, I think that's a really great um, summary and, you know, just really looking, I think this really sets us up for, I'm like itching to like talk about it, but we're going to do this next week, guys, because there's just <laughs> so much astrology coming up that aligns so well with this, this Bitcoin halving and like what's, what we're already expecting to see. And I do think that a few things that I want to like re-emphasize um, for you listeners to really like have at the forefront um, of your mind is based on what Claire said is every single cycle is different. It's like same, same, but different. Yeah. So we can't expect every single Bitcoin halving to play out exactly the same. The other side is really like, you know, it's like supply demand 101. That's really what this is. It's well, the supply, the new supply that's being brought into the market is diminished. It's halved. And more people, because of the understanding and awareness of this whole concept, they're holding onto their Bitcoin even more. And so there is less going around for people to be able to buy and sell. And then on the other side, we have then the demand that comes from us people. And that's what I love. I remember the first time I saw that emotional cycle curve and I was like, whoa, like that makes so much sense. And this is why majority of people will lose. Not going to hide it. That's just the reality of the game, right? That majority of people in this space do lose because they, they're just not aware of these, um, once you see it, you're like, oh, it's like a basic concept, but it does make such a big difference. I'd actually love to show um, the rainbow chart as well, which yeah. many cryptoists love. Lots of Bitcoiners love to see this. Um, so this is this is known as the rainbow chart. Um, you know, it's it's been, uh, I don't know who exactly created it. I think it was someone on Twitter or that was, or X. That was the first time I saw it, but I just really love looking at this chart overall because it really allows you to like zoom out and what Claire just showed you about those emotional cycles, we can just see them being repeated. 
-hmm. at all different scales, right? This mouse is not so great with that little pop-up, but you can see like, look at just these cycles that happen over and over and over again. And this is where majority of people, you know, at the all-time highs were they're buying in 2017, December, 2017. Boy, do I remember that period of time because that was, you know, this was the period of time where I first got involved in crypto. Unfortunately, I was just learning off of influences that were only there for the season and not for the reason of crypto. And so unfortunately I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm grateful for the mistakes. But I just remember really clearly being like, Wow, Bitcoin, $15,000. We were just at, you know, $3,000 earlier that year. And um, and this is when a lot of people started buying. I remember it was actually in Australia during that time. And a lot of the news started talking about this. I remember this 15-year-old that was mining Bitcoin. And, you know, now knowing what I know now, that was my sell signal. <laughs> like, you know, being like, oh, it's like literally on like nine news in Australia. It's time to get out. <laughs> but um, it's just so beautiful to see these, these cycles and we can see how the surge or the just exponential price increase occurs right after the halving. So where are we now and what's to come? Well, the Bitcoin halving is approaching. So that's when it is that we say, you know, the gap is closing. Um, is it the best time to buy now? Well, like Claire said, it really depends on what are your goals? What is your, even your risk tolerance? What are you really wanting to get out of this? Um, which really makes a difference because if we zoom out even more and we can actually bring this chart to like zoom out to what's predicted in accordance to, you know, this, this rainbow chart where they expect price of Bitcoin to continue to, you know, this goes until 2036. Okay. It's looking at like potentially one day all time highs of over $3 million. If your goal is, you know what? I just like want this for the long term, whatever. Well, then, you know, you can do your average dollar cost averaging in every Monday, Friday, whatever you want, but you just have to go in there with clear expectations of what are the risks and how long do you really need to be in here? Um, instead, if you are in here for a shorter period of time, really having those various tools and really picking and choosing when when I'm getting into Bitcoin um, is most definitely important. I do have, um, I wanted to share just a few, a few transits that I saw between now and the next new moon, um, which could be potentially. I just want to touch on before we leave the cycles. It's also, you know, we're not here to like shit on people who bought at the top of the last cycle, like absolutely not. And um you know, it's not the worst thing to ever happen to you if you buy Bitcoin at the top of the cycle, but you just maybe will have to wait till the next cycle to feel good about that in US yeah. dollar terms. So um, we're not saying that at all. We're just trying to prepare you guys the best that we can um, to to buy, to get the most for you, for your dirty dollars, you know. Um, to get the money Bitcoin for your dirty dollars. So um, yeah, so we. I just wanted to really say that, that it's like, 
it's not the end of the world. Whereas I do think that it's a different conversation when we're talking about altcoins. There are a lot of people that talk about hodling altcoins. And I personally think this is the most stupid, stupid strategy ever, you know? So um, really that's not the, it's not the greatest thing to do. It's to me, Bitcoin, the, the term hodl actually came from someone talking about Bitcoin in a chat room and they meant to write hold and instead they wrote the D and the L the wrong way around and that just stuck within the Bitcoin community. But that mentality of hodling and diamond hands really does only belong to Bitcoin because of that underlying fundamental value and use case and purpose and no other cryptocurrency yet has you know, has established that. So um, we just want to make that really clear as well, that the reason we look at these cycles, we just want you to get the most out of your dollars. And if you do happen to buy Bitcoin a bit too high and it starts to drop after you've bought it, don't worry about it. Just hang on to it till the next cycle. Yeah, zoom out. Go to, go to 2036 and that'll make you feel better. <laughs> like yeah. oh okay I bought it at 50k but it's going to be three million dollars looks like a good risk to reward <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 100 100 i i think that people that dollar cost average every monday every friday whenever it is mm -hmm. if your long-term game is to be or your game is to be here long term then that's great yeah yeah i don't think it's a bad thing at all it's just about being clear about what is your strategy and what works for you? That's what I love about this space, that you just get to create what works for you. Absolutely. And I guess now is probably a good time to share even our strategy. Like for me, I do have different risks, like different risk parameters also with Bitcoin. I don't just blindly buy, you know, on a Friday. I do buy on a Friday, actually, but I don't just blindly buy it. And I also... As we, when we break all-time highs, I personally will stop dollar cost averaging in. I've already halved the amount that, you know, based on different tools, I use the RSI and um, I kind of look at that and I've halved the amount that I dollar cost average in every week. And then when we break all-time highs, I will actually stop doing that. So um, that's just like how I manage that because um yeah i don't want to be buying in at the top of the market i don't need to do that and um you know i think it is about diving into education and developing your own strategy that you can feel good about you won't always get it right i don't always get it right i i don't get it right a lot you know a lot of the time but at this sort of point in the market before the halving your sins will kind of be absorbed in the upside so um you're in a better position now um but yeah you know i really expected it to go down to like 12 to 10k i was really hoping for that but um we didn't make it there and um so i don't get it right all the time but you know having a strategy around it and something that you stick to i think is really important as well yeah um maybe i would just add on to that like for example if anybody does know like fibonacci you know, my husband and I, we, that's the primary thing that we do. We'll look at just the 0.5618 and the 886 zones. Um, and those are just the points or the 786886 zone. And just when it gets into those ranges, that's when we know, okay, this is probably a good time to 
um, just do some dollar cost average within those zones. Um, you know, when Bitcoin was under 50% from its all time high, that's when we were like, okay, this is the time to like really be focused and locked in. Uh, and once it, you know, went above that really like 30, 32 K we were like, okay, now we got to see how things go. And really, I, I like to like really look at the full moon and where price is at around the full moon, because honestly, if you go back and back test it and just look at the full moon, of course, this is from, you know, really that start of 2023, when we restarted to head back to the upside, uh, there were some really great buying opportunities just by looking at the full moon. I don't just choose the full moon, um, but it's really a great time to, it's just a really great indicator that we can we can look at as well. Yeah, we can really see that here, even on this chart. Like, um, basically, this is the, um, you know, from full moon to new moon. I I don't personally only look at that either. I obviously use other tools and indicators to trade. But really, if you buy around the full moon and you sell around the, the new moon, you always have that period. And then you wait and you buy again in the full moon and you sell at the new moon, you you have a period of expansion. It's not exactly precise, which is why we do use other indicators and other tools to trade with, of course, but it's definitely something that you need to have in the backdrop and to be aware of because it really it really does um, look good. You know, it does, does work out. It does play out. There are obviously these factors at play. And um, we will be covering some of these um, topics and the tools that we use and the strategies that we use in some of our courses that we'll be releasing this year. So make sure you stay tuned for that if you want to learn a bit more about how we trade on the shorter term timeframes and how we view crypto also in terms of the fundamentals. We're going to be releasing a lot of that and how we also use astrology to um to look at different projects and look at Bitcoin's evolution too. So we'll definitely be adding that into the mix this, this year. But let's have a look at the um let's have a look at some of the transits that we've got coming up um before yeah. the yeah. So these are just a few um that I wanted to point out. And you know, you guys can just kind of whether it's add these to your chart or just jot them down. Um so this is between the full moon uh, which again is on the 24th of February and we're headed towards the new moon in Pisces on March 10th. Um, so really I was just primarily looking at the moon because obviously the outer planets take a bit longer to transit and move, um, move. Whereas the moon, you know, every two to three days, it's shifting signs and moving over. So the moon obviously uh, is the only planet that revolves around us in the earth. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm really amazed at how good the astrology looks. So there's not many opportunities right now, but let's, you know, look at them. So I have on the 25th of February, the moon will be conjunct Saturn. Um, Saturn is really a planet that I love to look at for financial astrology mm -hmm. because it creates like a restriction point. I really, it's like, I always think of it like that resistance that it's like hard to like break through. So um, that's on the 25th of February. And also with the moon, that's like very much like feelings of like isolation, also like kind of like a depression. Um, so I could see that maybe potentially being a little bit of a pullback. Um, then 
also at the same time, it's an opposition than natal Uranus. Um, and this was interesting because that energy would give me kind of like a breakout energy, but because it is an oppo opposition, that challenging aspect, and it's got that um, aspect happening with Saturn at the same time, that tells me that maybe that um, that might be a bit of a pullback, maybe something unexpected because Uranus has that unexpected energy. And this is all happening in the third house too, which is all means of communication meaning maybe there might be some news, maybe, and I haven't even checked like, you know, any Fed dates or anything when they have any sort of talks or announcement or when, when our friend Jay Powell wants to speak. So I don't know if it's around those days, um, but maybe there is some sort of communication that comes out, maybe interest rates. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Um, then on the following day, so from the 26th to the 28th of February, um, the moon is going to be square the natal Pluto of Bitcoin. This also suggests a potential pullback. Again, it's nothing, I don't see it being major. Um, and it actually, this can, in financial astrology, this can be associated to money issues. So a money challenge. Um, so just be careful around that time. Again, maybe a really great time to uh, take this last few opportunities before we have some sort of, uh, I don't want to say exponential, but some continuous growth to the upside. And then the last one that I saw was on March 2nd. This is when the moon is going to be square the natal Venus um, of Bitcoin. And this could actually lead to large market manipulation. So whether that's going to the upside or the downside, I think already the challenge or the the more unfavorable thing there is that it's a manipulation. Mm. Um, so whether it's to the upside or the downside, I would just be careful around that. So I would very much have that date, the, 20, uh, the 2nd of March written somewhere on your charts, just to keep an eye on that date for, for these potential... Oh, on the news front, I was just looking it up on my phone. Sorry, the um on the news front we have the unemployment claims on the twenty ninth. So mm. and the preliminary GDP, um on the twenty eighth. So that's kind of the news that is there's around at that time. Okay, yeah. Let's let's see if it is that. It could be, you know, other news that just comes up later. Um, you know, I won't. I won't go too much into it because I'll save it for next episode, but I was already looking at the astrology for the new moon. Um, and there is, I feel like something's brewing um, in particular because we have Uranus, which is starting to get closer and closer and become more and more square, the natal Neptune mm. of Bitcoin. And, you know, Again, Uranus is an outer planet, so it takes literally about like seven days to just shift one degree, um, meaning that it takes time for Uranus to shift. And um, that energy is, it really gives me a sense of, Neptune is very much about like reality or non-reality, like the 5D, right? It's, it's ruled by Pisces energy. And so it's off in another planet. And with that Uranus there, I just start to think about like, this is the test that Bitcoin is like, like how, how adopted are you? Like how much do people actually want you? 
And some of the other astrology that's happening around this new moon also is, um, is happening in the third house and the ninth house. So, so again, it's that communication, but the ninth house about like foreign governments, foreign expansion, but will that be accepted or is it going to be pushed away? Mm. So I'm just, I want to anticipate something potentially brewing according to astrology that maybe whether it is a country that says, we're banning Bitcoin. People aren't allowed to have Bitcoin or people, you know, as they've done in the past with gold are only allowed to have a limited amount of Bitcoin. Maybe there could be already conversations around this or something. It might be way too soon for that. I'm just giving out examples, but it's like no, something. about in the previous episode, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's already pushing that bill. So although we don't think it'll get passed in the first go round, but that might that maybe will gain some momentum you know and i think what just what came to me when you were talking is um it there may be a deciding point of where people have to come to you know how much do you want to adopt real bitcoin or how much do you just want a, an asset that has a lot of hype and a lot of press and a lot of excitement about it that you just want to capture these price fluctuations on. So it may be something like that. That's what kind of, when you were talking, that's what sort of came to me was like, how much do you really want real Bitcoin? Um, or are you happy with the ETF paper version? You know, and I maybe, maybe we'll see some division in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot brewing, that's for sure. Um, again, I feel like this is a bit of like a, not even a calm before the storm. It's like the it's like the happy I'm laying in the sun before the storm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. We got anything else that we'd like to cover? I don't think so. I think that is about it. Um I think so too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hurt. Let's let's make the most of um you know, this uh, this full moon in Virgo, hopefully we do see some local bottoms and a bit more pullbacks uh, so we can take advantage of those before that new moon in Pisces approaches. Um, and let's, let's really step into that energy of releasing and letting go, remembering that um, we're in the right place at the right time and we're exactly where it is that we're meant to be right now. Yeah. And you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to get everything 100% right. You don't, you don't need to buy Bitcoin at the very bottom. You didn't need to buy Bitcoin in 2011 um, to, to still be able to be quite happy with your investment. Um, yeah. So I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm talking to myself here, like the perfectionism, this is a really good time to just drop that and be like, Hey, Number one, done is better than perfect. Also, you are perfect just as you are. And, um, you know, that self-acceptance, self-love and um, self-appreciation as well is really important, you know, in this time. Like, let go of that Virgo um, perfectionism and embody that Virgo attention to detail and really embodying that, I think. So, yeah, I love it. Well, perfect. Well, peace, love, and Bitcoin. Happy full love moon. Bitcoin. Happy full moon. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.